Hello everyone and welcome to this 11th episode of DualShockers Webcast. I'm Giuseppe Nelva and I will be your host today. While we are still recovering from the E3 marathon, things are gradually slowing down. If you're not familiar with our webcast, it's a weekly podcast in which we discuss Japanese games, anime, manga, local geek culture, and more. This episode will be dedicated to a team that I always found interesting. Anime games. Or, I mean, games from anime. We're seeing more and more lately, but many of them aren't exactly stellar in terms of quality. Can they actually be good? Uh, why they often aren't. Uh, this is what we're going to discuss today. Uh, but before we get into that, let's talk about uh, games and anime we have seen lately. Uh, actually, the season for anime is finishing. Uh, we are get- we're getting into the uh, next season that is going to start pretty much in, t- in between one two weeks, depending on uh, on the serialization of various anime series. We actually have quite a few anime that are coming that are staying and uh, extending to the twenty six episode format during this series, which is the third season of uh, Boku no Hero Academia uh, Persona Five: The Animation, uh, which I try to get back into actually. And uh, I actually tried to get back into it because uh, hoping that it's getting better, but it's still not at the same level of the game. And I've been playing the game, honestly, I do not find a good reason to enjoy the um, the anime. Honestly, I it's it's a decent anime, but it's really not good enough compared to the exceptional level of the game. Uh, but ultimately, uh, you know, uh, can be perfect. It's still enjoyable in some ways, and I have to admit that I'm enjoying the later the later episodes a little bit more than the the first ones. Uh, that being said, uh, there's also uh, quite a few interesting new series. I already talked about uh, the new series, the new series, uh, the new historical series, the uh, Angol Mua Genkoku Kasenki. Uh, which is very interesting because it's the same setting as Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> Actually, it's based on the Mongol invasion of uh, Japan, and uh, it's uh, the exactly the same premise of the game by Sucker Punch. So I'm very interesting. And and I was saying like last episode, what are the odds? There have never been an, an anime based on this, and there have never been a game based on this, besides games that, in which this appeared as a side thing, but not as a main setting. And now, at the same time, we get the reveal of a game and an anime series. That's If you were interested in Ghost of Tsushima, definitely, I definitely uh, would advise giving a look to Angol Moi. Uh, it's going to start in, I believe, 15... 60 or 15 days from now, uh, it's in July 11th, uh, then um, it's uh, it's going to be interesting, definitely. Uh, there are going to be some new anime. I mean, I, I would talk about which, which, which I, I'm, I watched, but honestly, uh, things are pretty much said and done in terms of uh, this season. And it was a very good season. I enjoyed it. Very, very much. It's probably one of the seasons I enjoyed the most in the past few, um, in the past few years, actually. And, uh, in terms of games, I've been playing a lot, uh, Mavlov Alternative, uh, Mavlov and Mavlov Alternative on the Vita because, uh, as you know, probably on Dual Shockers, we do not, we do not, uh, write full reviews of, uh, of games that are just ports. Of uh, older uh, platforms as and mobile alternatives are on uh, uh, been on PC for a while, and we already have a review on PC. So if you want the full review with the score, you can go and read that one. It, nothing has changed pretty much, uh, but I'm going to still write an article about those this week, uh, talking about the value of the portability of the port and all that. So it's not going to be a full scored review, but it's going to tell you about the games and how and 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 how they fare on a portable platform and it's a two vita games released in summer 2018 that's i mean pretty rare nowadays so i'm going to be happy about that and 
the games are very good. I'm not spoiling anything and saying that. So if you're on the fence and you don't want to wait for my article, just read the review maybe uh, that we have already on site. But I can definitely, if you like visual novels, of course, and if you like science fiction, I can't, um, I can't recommend this more. Of course, you know that I'm a big Marvel fanboy, so uh, keep that in, in, in account. But I think, I think despite being a fanboy of the series, I can still like rationally tell you whether a game is advisable or not. If you are totally hate visual novels, probably the fact that it has a fantastic story will not um will not make you like enjoy the game as much as you would if it wasn't another genre definitely uh but if you if you can if you like the wizard Robert, or even if you can just stomach them then there is good things in these games definitely um other games i played uh i've been playing quite a bit of grand blue fantasy and i you will know later later in the in the podcast why i have uh it has to do with persona 5 spoiler <laughs> it's not a spoiler really uh but uh and also i've been playing quite a bit of still mavlava uh, alternative strike frontier the closing um the closing game for mobile uh of the series because pretty much it's and now everything is almost is basically you can basically unlock a million of things for free without spending spending a dime and looking more at the story and all that. So it's a, it's still a good way to go out with a bang for the game. And I'm still going to enjoy it until it closes on July 5th, I believe. Um, and I've been playing quite a lot of Conan and Exile still, still waiting to find, to finally write a review. It's going to, it's going to be this, this week as well, because, uh, it's, it's a very extensive game and uh, it deserves to be played, um, quite a lot more than I think must have played it actually <laughs> before actually writing a review. It has a lot of glitches, I will I will say that. But it but it has a lot of depth too which I enjoyed. And I am a big fan of the Conan uh franchise, so I I'm enjoying it. I'm not going to spoil a review, but I am enjoying the game. Uh despite its flaws. Besides that, I haven't played very much. Besides more Final Fantasy fourteen, which I never not play pretty much. So there isn't much new to say about that. Waiting for a new patch, enjoying the the, the latest patch. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it in uh, in playing terms. So now let's talk about our main theme. So anime game. Uh we actually got two announcements of new anime games this week. Which is like <laughs> really? From actually from two different uh from two different developers. One is uh, Kill la Kill. The first one that was announced is Kill la Kill, uh, the game by Arc. Uh, it's actually published by Arc System Works, but it's developed by the same game that the same developer that created the Little Witch Academia uh, game of, by Bandai Namco. But this time around, they're doing it under the Arc System Works umbrella. Uh, it actually it's it looks like it's an action game of sort, but it's there aren't very many informations. We just saw a little bit of animation and um, and uh, the, the first screenshots, but not much in terms of actual uh, gameplay, which uh, probably is going to debut at Anime Expo in July. Uh, at least that they, they are going to have a reveal there, uh, so I'm guessing they're going to show some gameplay. Uh, this that does not look like a, a game that takes a ton in development and it's going to be released somewhere uh, somewhere this uh, next year I believe uh, but there is another one which is uh, Tokyo Ghoul Re uh, Call to Exist announced by Bandai Namco. this time this one has been announced only for Japan so far and it's for PS4 only again and it has a release window in uh, winter 2018 and it's a survival action game uh actually an online thing uh, from from what i noticed from what i see uh it's basically a team survival action game in which you pretty much kill each other uh, i from what i've seen it looks a whole lot like the black clover game that we are getting in the west as well um, Bandai Namco normally announces Western releases almost at the same time as the Japanese ones. 
which makes me think that it may be possible that this one is not coming west. I am not sure, of course. There, there is always the possibility that they will announce it later. But normally their modus operandi is that they will announce in the morning, in the early morning, which is evening in Japan, they, um, the Japanese the release, and then same day or the day after they will announce the, in, the English release. When it doesn't happen, the possibility that things come over, like for instance, uh, the new, um, Full Metal Panic game, they become scarce. And that's normally because there are licensing problems in, uh, in, um, in the background. Uh, because not all anime can be licensed outside of Japan. There are problems, uh, around and as you have seen in many, 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 anime games before not all come to the west not just because the, the the publisher doesn't want to but also because they can't because they, they don't get the license for the west sometimes we go we get like weird naming changes due to the licensing like for instance the attack on titan games in europe only they were named aot <laughs> which which i'm sure much the chagrin for of the publisher of the folks at koi tecmo in europe is that to like uh market a game without its title <laughs> so that's that must be terrible and the same thing has happened worldwide actually i mean not worldwide by only in the west in europe and in uh, the and in um america with the Meyer hero academia game that's coming for ps4 xbox one switch and pc uh that one has been changed super weirdly as my hero one justice which is like what is this? The funny thing is that I actually continue writing on Hero Academia once Justice because it doesn't make sense for people to, to, to read my Hero. It's my Hero Academia. And then I received a call, a, a mail from PR asking me very politely to just change it to my Hero Academia, to my Hero One Justice. And I said, okay, let's do that. Um, at least with my latest article, um, which was the, I believe the, E3 game or something like that. Uh, I don't remember what what it was exactly, but uh, in any case, yeah. So we are getting a ton of these. Like Bandai Namco is the primary culprit. Uh, well, culprit. I'm not telling it in a negative way, of course, but they are definitely the primary force behind anime games. Uh, they are literally announcing one every three months or, or even less, like even two months. There is a new one and they're releasing them really, really, really quickly. They announced and released very close and, uh, uh, the quality is hit and miss, to be honest. Um, we have some of them are coming to the West, some of them don't. Like, for instance, we, we also didn't get in the West the, uh, Grand Grand, uh, um, Legend of, uh, Legend of Grand Crest War, I believe it is the English. Uh, I, I remember only, uh, the, the Japanese one, but yeah, definitely that one did, did not come to the West and it's probably not coming despite the fact that it's very interesting mechanically. The graphics are a bit meh, but the mechanics are actually interesting. I'm not sure. I haven't traded it, so I don't, I'm not sure how good it actually is, but it sounded interesting in its concept. Um, there are so many, but the, like every, every month, it seems that every one that is announced and every month there is one that is, that is released in Japan at least. Um, we just got the, they, the quality again is a bit it a miss for Then there is, uh, Koi Tecmo that also does some. They certainly don't do as many as Bandai Namco, but they definitely seem to like working with external IPs. Uh, and then there are like some stray ones, but the two major players, let's say, are definitely Bandai Namco and Koei Tecmo. Uh, again, the quality is, uh, normally not so great. And there are exceptions, like for the primary exception of an anime game that came out and was absolutely fantastic is definitely um, Dragon Ball Fighters, and that one uh, probably as is probably the key that we need to look at of whether they can be good um, because they obviously they can be good because some are uh, the reason why Dragon Ball Fighters was good is according to me the simple fact that it was given to a developer that was specialized on that genre. And not only it was given to a developer specialized on the genre, so 
they already had the expertise to do it, and they already had massive success in the genre. But there's also the fact that since they've given that they, they've given it a dedicated team with with resources from two diver- different developers from both Bandai Namco and Dark System Works, uh, they actually had a chance to make it good. And that's one of the things that probably is the issue with most anime games, which is that lack of resources and time. Uh, a lot of these um, anime games uh, have a, a problem behind them, well, which is the, a problem that's common with all uh, games that are bound to a license. And that license, first of all, as an expiration, and secondly, as a, a cost. So a publisher that gets a license from an external uh, an external company in this case could could be the animation company normally normally it's not done for directly from the manga com- the mangakas but normally from the animation firms uh they first of all they 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 have an expert so they need to put the game as soon as possible out because it has a more limited time in which the license can be used and secondly uh the game also has uh, a the license has a cost that does not appear in um, in games that are an original IP, of course, games that have an original IP have a other pro- other costs because obviously you don't you don't create an IP for free. Of course, you need writers, you need people to to work on it, you need people to create it, but those are not fixed costs. They are costs that vary depend they vary depending on the on how elaborate the IP or much writing it needs and all that. On the other hand, uh, licensing is a big upfront cost that normally has to be uh to be shouldered by by the by the publisher and it may not be upfront sometimes it's royalties sometimes it has different contracts at different like uh have different um clauses and different ways they work but it is a cost so uh basically if a game has a budget as the budget is x the cost from the licensing has to, to be subtracted from that budget and also depends on the importance. And then there is another thing that is called, uh, this is something that I, I don't have actual, uh, information in the game industry, but as you probably know, uh, I worked on anime in the past when I was much younger and I worked with a company that licensed anime, uh, from Japan to, uh, um, to publish them in Italian for, for Italy. And I think uh, I'm pretty sure that the contracts work in the same way, which is that you don't, you normally don't buy licenses for one anime. Uh, well, I mean, not say, let's say normally, but often you don't just buy uh, licenses for say Dragon Ball. Uh, I'm of course making just an example here. You buy anime, you, you buy con, you buy licenses for a package of anime IPs from the same company, and uh, those packages they contain big ones, and sometimes they throw in some smaller ones in order to make the package more like. Uh, like a, a better deal for both sized uh, with means means that yeah the the publisher of the games uh, in in which in this case or the publisher or the anime the local publisher of the anime gets himself the big title that he wants in which case let's say they get Gundam but they also have to get the smaller titles with them uh which uh, are maybe less attractive in terms of uh, big widespread recognition. So let's say they get a small, uh, they they get a um, the license for a super small anime that very people, few people uh, know and recognize. Uh, like in this case, I'm pretty sure that uh, I'm not sure, but I, I can think that, for instance, uh, Gran Crescenki probably was one of these because it's not something that I believe may be like a primary target of a licensing deal. Maybe wrong here, don't, but I don't think the anime did all that well in Japan, uh, and it's pr- practically unknown in in the West. Uh, it would have probably been a lot more successful if they got a license for Lodos 
which I wouldn't be so unsure. Lados, if you don't know, Lados Wars and Grankers that made by, made by the same person. They've written, they're, they're from the light novels by Ryo Mizuno. Uh, and they are pretty much, uh, like Grand Crest is seen as a spiritual success for two Lados. It, I don't think it is, but, um, they're pretty much from the same author. So maybe, since it's the third anniversary of Lotus series, I would not be surprised if we heard in the, na- in the near future about the Lotus game by Bandai Namco and they just got it as a, got Grand Crest as well as a package deal with it. But this is just my speculation. I could be completely wrong. In any case, um, the thing is when you get a title that is not so big, uh, you tend as a publisher, to just throw it at a team, a small team, small resources, and say, get it out as soon as you can. Let's make as much money as we can out of this and uh, just move on to the big ones. Uh, again, I don't know which games are which in these deals, but it, it happens. I'm pretty sure it does. Uh, it happens in, in the anime industry, and I'm pretty sure it happens in the game industry as well. So a lot of these games that they seem a little bit throwaway, it's because they are. <laughs> it's because they the the publishing deal was not the they were not the primary target target of the licensing deal most probably, and the publisher is just trying to make up their cost by by pulling out the game as quickly as possible with as few resources as possible spent in it, uh, without completely this making it to. I mean, they never do it on purpose to make them bad, but when a game. As a, a small team, small resources behind it, and time, cons- time constraints, they have to do it in a hurry. Uh, it tends to be difficult to make it good. Uh, there is also another another issue, and the other issue is that uh, when you work with it with your original IP, you can do a lot of things. Um, you can do you can put a lot of elements in it that maybe a licensor would not allow. When you work with a uh, with a license with a licensed IP, you have to uh, submit your ideas and your features to the licensor, to the person that gave to the company that gave you the license. And a lot of the time, there are constraints. There are things you can do. There are things that you maybe think you can do, but you submit the idea, and they then they come back to you. And of course, they're trying to protect their IP, and they will tell you no, sorry. This is this does not fit our word. This not does not fit our characters. So, when whenever you're working within constraints, it's always harder to make a good product, and that's pretty much a golden rule. Of course, there is the possibility that it, it comes out a good product, but the it's harder. It's objectively harder because you're not working only with the constraints of your creativity, but you're working with the constraints that another company is giving you, and you can't always uh, get your own way. Also, a lot of authors, a lot of creators, a lot of developers uh, get a little bit of cold, cold food, especially when, when they are within same time constraints because they say, oh, if I, if I propose this, uh, they're just going to come back to me and say no. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of time that's get, that get wasted and, wasted and the deadline is coming close. Uh, so yeah, let's not. So basically the idea is that, uh, when they work with a license, a lot of, uh, um, a lot of developers simply take less risks, uh, because they, they can too much run at the risk to go to the, to the, uh, company that gave them license and get a refusal because it's not that either they risk to lose the license, that's normally not the case, but they simply risk of wasting a lot of time. Because this kind of back and forth, of course, um, of course it takes time. Uh, for instance, uh, one thing that, that made Dragon Ball Fighters good, I mean, it, it's, it's not his primary factor maybe, but I think it is a factor, is that, uh, Arc System Works was allowed to take risks. Uh, not maybe so much in the game design point of view because, uh, it's simply, the game is simply Arc System Works 40. Uh, but, uh, in, uh, for instance, in storytelling, they, they managed to add a whole new character into the game, which is 
not exactly a in in a primary role, which is not exactly a small thing. Like most of the times when you see new characters in a game from a licensed uh, IP, uh, that character is a smaller role. Like you don't really get. Uh, much of a big role because it's a smaller risk. Because the, if the character has a small secondary role that is limited to the video game and it doesn't really influence much the front, the franchise at large, there is a higher chance that the licensing company will tell you, yes, you can do it. But we got a completely new villain that was the primary villain in the game. That's big risk taken. And I'm glad that uh, Bandai Namco allowed Arc System Works to take it. And uh, uh, we got, actually got a design by Akira Toyama, so they, everyone was on board. And that what went really well. Uh, because 21 was a great character, absolutely. Um, but this is not the norm. It's the exception. So uh, the thing is, uh, can, can, can anime games be good? And so we, we have seen why. Several reasons why. There are other reasons why. Uh, but, uh, normally the, the reasons are why are like, li- are like mm, around the time constraints, low budgets, small teams, uh, maybe not a very big IP that you maybe got with the package deal. So you basically have to pull out as soon as you can, getting as much money as you can. And I'm not saying that this is good. I'm not saying that this is a great practice. I'm, I'm saying it from the, from a business point of view, of course, it's not the great tra- practice at all. Sometimes, but most of the times when these kind of deals are done, there is no choice. If you want the big IP, you have to get a small ones. Uh, when I worked in anime, <laughs> I had to work on some really abysmal anime uh, series that they were really terrible because my employer got them as a deal, uh, got them as a, as a package deal for like, big anime like Evangelion or Inuyasha, uh, we also got small little crap that no one knew. And we had just started to push them out. Uh, we, uh, we worked with a company that put a lot of accent into quality. So we actually put a lot of quality into it. But let me just tell you an example. And I'm not going to make names, uh, but as it, as a package deal, which uh, of of one of these uh, big anime alongside the big one, which everyone wanted to see it. It was absolutely fantastic to work on it. We also got a super small OVA series that didn't even have the soundtrack anymore. We actually had to recreate the soundtrack for it. And it was no choice. Like the, 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 basically, the choice was either to just throw it away or recreate the soundtrack <laughs> that was actually a, probably someone something that my employer at the time like didn't think it through very much but you know uh, there are problems like that in the industry it's not it's not always black and white so uh but again can can they be good we've seen why they're can they normally bad uh yeah they can uh, again dragon ball fighters is an example and Again, Dragon Ball Fight is probably more the, ex- the exception than the rule, maybe. But it would be good if it became more the rule than the exception. Uh, the thing is that um, you have to approach anime games probably more like they are a full-fledged game with an original IP. So you have to put all the uh, resources you can into fleshing out the story. Uh, maybe it's better that it doesn't actually follow the the story, the original story. A, a big example of this is we haven't gotten it yet in the West, but it already launched in Japan, and it, that is uh, Okutoka Gotoku. Uh, Okutoka Gotoku is uh, the mix within between the Yakuza series and Okuto no Ken, which is Fist of the North Star. Um, the game, I've played it, I almost finished it in Japanese, and it is absolutely fantastic. We're getting it this year in the West as well for PS4, and the game is great. And it's great because uh, within a context of a Yakuza game, because it is a Yakuza game, <laughs> there isn't much about it. It's a Yakuza game in its structure, in the way it works, in the way the fighting works. Everything is about Yakuza. But... If they try to follow the whole storyline of the Okuto no Ken series, or even just a portion, probably wouldn't have been as good. So what they did was very simple and very clever. They simply said, okay, we are not 
doing, we are not redoing Otkuto no Ken. We are doing our own take on it in a pretty much in a parallel Okudo no Ken word that is not in the manga or the anime. And we do our own spin with it. Uh, if you do that, there are two effects. First of all, your story, your storytellers, your writers have more freedom to work on it. They have more creative freedom and they can do a better job. Because when you're, when you're free to do your job, you probably do a better job. The second thing is that normally the company that gives you the license does not give you as many constraints if you don't, if you don't expect your game to be canon. So if your game is not canon and you put it upfront that the game is not canon, then you get less restraints normally. You get less constraints and you can do your job without being too worried about the licensor like clamping down uh on your or on your ideas and on your game and on your story and your characters. So that that's another example of an absolutely fantastic game. And if you like Yakuza and if you like Okuto no Ken Absolutely, this one you should looking for, should be looking forward to it. Uh, where, where even I mean, even Sega, even Sega realizes how important it is because they're actually giving it an English voice acting. You know that I don't care about English tracks, so I'm probably gonna play it in Japanese anyway. But I'm pretty sure that this means that the game is getting the attention from Sega, and they, they're they're gi- they're giving that they're giving it a higher budget because if you because of course voice action as a cost so this is another re- way to do it so one give it a, give it the right budget and definitely uh okuto gagotoku uh, as the right budget and uh, this to the north star uh, something of hope i don't remember how they call it in english actually <laughs> but um in any case the thing is that um with the right budget and the right time constraints uh, you can do a better job with it. But definitely, on top of that, a good way to do it is don't make it canon. You don't need to make it canon. Uh, as long as it's inspired by the series, fans will still love it. As soon as, if it's respectful, of course, because you can't go absolutely crazy, obviously. Uh, but as long as it's respectful of the original material, uh, even if it's not canon, uh, people will enjoy it. Actually, personally, I enjoy it more. Because I've already seen the anime, uh, so why would I want to actually play exactly the same story? Uh, if you were reverse the thing, if you look at the Persona 5 anime, I played the game. Why would I want to, <coughs> to see exactly the same story in the anime? So it actually has that additional bonus in there that the story is actually enjoyable because you don't know everything that's going to happen. Uh, but again, most of the const- most of the problems come from lack of budget and lack of time and lack of experience developers also because a lot of these like smaller deals are made uh, by inexperienced team a lot of young developers are put on them as part of their you know education towards becoming experienced developers uh, i can, i know a lot of japanese developers that have worked at these kind of games in the when they were uh, fresh graduates, um, and they, they know that the work they did was not great. Uh, but, you know, they were inexperienced. When you're inexperienced, you know, you gotta learn somehow. And normally that's by botching games. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Japanese, uh, games can, that come from anime can be good. Probably would be better if they weren't churned out so fast and so often. Uh, so Bandai Namco is definitely churning them out a little bit too often, a little bit too fast. Uh, and, uh, the results, the results are there. Um, I'm actually pretty, pretty excited about the One Piece game, uh, because, uh, they announced it, uh, that when it seems to be already quite advanced in development, but they're not like, they don't seem to be churning it out as fast. As they do with normally with One Piece games, uh, even if I'm not a big lover of One Piece games, I'm a big lover of open world games, and these ones seem to have a rich world. Uh, I'm still a bit iffy on the graphical quality, but we'll see how it comes out. It's still early, so we'll have a chance. We'll have a chance to give it a look. Uh, I'm not too fond of the 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 whole like uh, the whole brawler 
uh, thing because it seems that like 90% the anime games Bandai Namco turns out are brawlers. Uh, actually, I am quite uh, satisfied with the approach that uh, Koei Tecmo took with um, the Attack on Titan games, which I enjoyed. They're not perfect, they're not spectacular games, but they, I enjoyed them. Uh, the thing they did is that Koei Tecmo could have definitely just taken their usual approach, just make it another Musou game, and be done with it. But they didn't do that. They actually used the series as a chance to get out of their usual mold for once. So they definitely did not just throw it away. And that's fantastic. That's how it should be done, according to me. So that's also one thing. Do not always do the same brawler thing. Yeah, they fight in anime. I know. And Bandai Namco gets a lot of shonen, of shonen franchises, in which there is a lot of fighting. But if you actually get, a, if you look at them, there most of them are brawlers. They're they are or they are simil muso games. Uh, there really isn't much else. And now they're trying this idea of the online fighting brawler games. We got the Naruto one, and uh, we got the uh, Black Black Clover games, and now we get the Tokyo Ghoul re-game and I am afraid that we're gonna get another just another trend of these uh, like another genre that gets milked down to death with a million of low quality anime games thrown into it uh, and we'll see we'll see how it goes another one that was good for instance that was pretty much appreciated by Japanese gamers uh, and I enjoyed it I played it a bit and I enjoyed it uh, was uh, the um, Girls and Panzer game they made for PS4. Unfortunately, we did not get it in the West. But if you get a chance to grab a Japanese copy, a, sorry, an Asian copy that has the uh, English subtitles, it's an enjoyable game. And also, and as I mentioned, it's uh, a separate genre. Yeah, it could be if you put if you like stretch it a bit, you could still um, you could still likening to, to the the online brawler kind of thing. But you're driving tanks. That's enough of a differentiating factor. And the game is actually pretty good. And, and it actually was successful in Japan and uh, people appreciated it. I Not only I liked it, but I talked to a, quite a bunch of people that played it and they actually enjoyed it. If you enjoy World of Tanks, for instance, that's like a more cartoonish, uh, stuntish World of Tank. Or the tanks that you can probably enjoy. Um, but yeah, thing is, anime games can be good. They need the, um, they need the originality. So they need to have, uh, developers and writers that are able to actually write a original story, uh, that maybe or maybe not is, maybe is canon or maybe not. But that that's depend of the on the constraints that the developer gives you. So if the developer, sorry, if the original authors are prone to be very constrictive, then maybe you should go the non-canon route to be less to be less constrained. Uh, otherwise, if the original developers are, are the original authors are fine with it, you could do a canon story, but still uh, get a lot of freedom. Uh, you need the budget. You need the time. Uh, so, churning out a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of games uh, is not good. Uh, I mean, it would be good if they just add a ton of different teams and they just put but big teams, like teams, sizable teams that can do the game justice, not like small teams. Uh, just because you have like one team and you make five teams out of it to make five anime games, uh, and then you need the time and the budget. So yeah, it's it, it is it is simply this. It is this simple, and I'm saying this simple. I know it's not simple to do it in practice, but theory of it is simple. Of course, uh, when the IP is not successful, uh, it's not a big IP that that can carry a game. Uh, then there isn't much the publisher can do, because uh, yeah, they could ab- abide by the rules I told you, but they would take a big, big risk. To put a lot of resources into a game that's probably going to to very to have a very me- mediocre performance. Uh, if I, I mean, if, if in an ideal world it would be fantastic if all publishers uh, would be willing to take risks on all games. But let's be honest, uh, this is a business that they 
they they are need to make money. Uh, so uh, while it would be great, I don't personally expect it. And I know it's it's not nice to send out game to die like that and like to not to be enjoyed. But uh, on the other hand, eh, I can't really ask a, a publisher to go out of the of its way to lose money on a, on a game that they pretty much know that they they will flop or not do very well. Uh, you could say then don't get the license. The problem is that again, uh, many of these licenses I believe are. Uh, acquired as a package with other things that are uh, bigger and more important for the publisher. So it's a bit of them if you do and them if you don't in in the end. Uh so but but I do think that there is a room for improvement. Uh I'm not saying that there is no room for improvement because there certainly is. There are some titles that you see them and you can't you can't fathom that they're not just being thrown almost intentionally to die. And I'm not saying that developers that the developers don't put a big effort into it. Quite the contrary. A lot of times developers are put into the position of having little um little time at like very little budget, very few teammates, like a small team to work with, and they tell them, okay, make a game out of this franchise and make it quick. Make it cheap and make sure that it comes out on time. So they have to do what they do, and they often put their blood and soul into those games. But uh, sometimes it's just not enough, and I'm, because you know, games are not made by themselves. You need you need personnel, you need uh, you need resources, and you need time. Time is the big big factor. So in the end, uh, if uh, if the companies that want to work on anime games want to get better results, they should probably try to get. First of all, I aim mostly for franchises that they know they're going to be successful. Uh, possibly that they can be licensed for the West, because of course, if you if you release in the West, you have much bigger market than the possibility to actually make more money out of it. Um, and they should probably try to to give developers the tools in terms of time and in terms of money and teammates and personnel to actually make a good game. That's the key. And I know it sounds simple, but it isn't. So uh, take it with the necessary constraints because nothing is simple in this, in, in this industry. So, but that's pretty much the only recipe I can think of. Uh, we'll see if uh, things will improve. Personally, I think uh, that the industry will have to go in a direction in which the situation is at least a bit improved. Because uh, sooner or later, even in Japan, the fans are going to get tired <laughs> about like throwaway games. So luckily, we get the good examples. We get things like um, we get things like uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. We get things like uh, uh, Okutoka Gotoku. So maybe we're gonna get an improvement. I hope so. Um, in the min, besides that, we're pretty much done with this discussion because I've been going a little bit in circles, but you know that I always do. So if you like my podcast, pretty much you know what you're going into. Uh, let's move on to the news. So what we're getting in the news? Well, we already talked about the Kill a Killed game. We're going to hear more about it at the, uh, at Anime Expo. Then uh, there is going the, the reason why I played Grand Flanta Fantasy a lot. Is that the Persona 5 crossover event started. So even just by playing the story, you get the, you get a super, super rare character, which is Joker, and uh, you can get some other nice Persona 5 goodies. And actually the event is very well made. Unfortunately, it's set, uh, just after, uh, Madarame's, um, arc of the story. So we don't have uh, either, uh, Makoto or Haru. Uh, uh, appearing, but uh, we do have uh, the other characters. Uh, there is a second part, so I don't know if Makoto and Haro will appear in that part. It's going to be, I think that in a, in a little while. I'm I'm not sure exactly when it finishes, but soon. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, that's a good, interesting event to go through, and uh, I think you will enjoy it if you uh, if you go through. 
And, uh, let's see what else. Uh, let's move on. Oh, wow. I just noticed. All right. I, I, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to report is <laughs> that Rumble Fantasy passed 20, 20, 21 million people, which means that there is going to be a, an event. 21 million developers, sorry, developers, players. Uh, so yeah, interesting. We, this means there is going to be an event, there is going to be freebies, uh, and, uh, it's going to be another great time to get into Grumble Fantasy, which, uh, I will definitely write about. So yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what you get for going into the internet. Uh, this was announced, wow, this was announced actually three days ago and I missed it. I'm an idiot. Um, the campaign started yesterday. Eh, that's great. Well, this is, this is me covering events, co- covering news on the fly, like, uh, live. <laughs> uh, you will see, pro- you will see an article about it, like, now. Like, um, just, uh, actually, you will see it yesterday, because as soon as I finish writing about it and the recording this, I will get it, go and write it. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Uh, that new, more news. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles 4 got a Western release date, and it's on September 25th, which is a very, very crowded time. Actually, I will be in Japan, uh, so I will have to bring my PS4 again to review this, if I get the review. Um, but I probably will, let's, let's be honest. Then, uh, and it's coming for, for PS4 PC it was just announced, uh, at E3, uh, Switch and Xbox One. Then, uh, the, a new JRPG by the can- Canon's writer, uh, I mean, Canon by Key, uh, right, Naoki Isaya has been uh, announced by Furyu. Um, and, uh, this is actually a, it's called Christer. Christar, sorry, and it's interesting because it's an action RPG in which you play a gothic Lolita, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> but seems like the gameplay seems interesting. It, it's very early days, so we haven't seen much. But I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to to seeing more. Then again, Tokyo Ghoul Recall to Exist has been announced. It's kind of gonna come out for PS4 in winter 2018. Right, talked to Dad about that one. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters for Nintendo Switch as in release date in the Americas and in Europe, and that's September 28. I'm actually not sure if the same in the in Europe, but it's 28-ish. Uh, 28 in the Americas, I'm sure about that. Then, the another release date, the Neo Geo Mini has a Japanese release date and a price. It's coming out on July 24th in Japan, and it's going to ca- cost the equivalent in yen of uh, $113. Uh, that's a pretty decent price, I guess. And it's, I would have, if they can release the Western version, I can't come down the line at 99. I think it's gonna do great. Uh, we'll see if they, they'll do like 99 or maybe 101 and, and a 19. Uh, we'll see about it. The Nino Kuni 2 got a new update, uh, I believe yesterday or two days ago, and that added difficulty, uh, two difficulty levels, um, that harder difficulty levels because a lot of people found the game a little bit too easy. So many will be happy about that. And uh, then, uh, we got, if a release date, a miracle! Disaster Report 4 plus Summer Memories for PS4 as a release date. After delays, problems, delaying because there was earthquakes in real life and stuff like that. Like, they finally announced release date and it's coming on October 25th in Japan. Uh, of course, there is no uh, Western release announced yet. I'm hoping because this is a kind of game you don't see often. You're not a hero. You just play a normal Joe that or Joette <laughs> that uh, or Judy that founds herself or himself in the middle of an of an earthquake and they have to survive and that's fantastic and they they actually did it with a, with a big look at realism. They of course it's going to be a a story, a fictional story, but they put a little bit of realism in it with, they had consultants, like security personnel and stuff like that. So that's, that's actually like earthquake prevention, firefighters and all that. So that's that they consulted for the game. So that's, that something I'm really looking forward to. Uh, the VR part seems really terrifying. So, but yeah, that's, 
that's something I, I they actually uh, broadcasted the demo. You can see the video on the site, and there was a person that was like uh, trying the demo, like screaming cra- like crazy because I was scared. Anyway, uh, next and last piece of news, uh, we got some little tidbits about Atlas Project Re Fantasy. This is the code name. It's not finally. It's the new fantasy RPG by the uh, character designers. And the end, uh, uh, director of Persona 5. Also, there is a Shoji Meguro involved. So, of course, music as well. Uh, and, uh, we learned that we, first of all, we saw a new, um, a new illustration, uh, of the red-headed elf that was, that was the first character to appear for this game. Actually, we don't even know, we know nothing about this card. We don't, we don't even know if she's actually going to appear in the game. But they released these, uh, um, these illustration as a bonus, uh, portrait for uh, Etrian Odyssey 10. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. And we also got some information. They say that they are at a, um, at a phase uh, in development in which they're doing a lot of research and discussion in order to make sure that the framework, like the basic framework of the game is solid. And they're also, uh, like, but, but development is going smoothly at the moment. Uh, they are also, uh, doing some trial and error for the graphics. Uh, they did say that they still could use more personnel working on it. So the team is probably still a little small. Uh, we do not know how many people are working on it, but the studio zero is a, zero is a, like a newly formed studio at Atlas. So they are still recruiting and, and gathering their talent. So this is probably going to take a long time to get. Uh, there seems to be some more indications that the game is going to come for home consoles, which is good because if the Persona 5 team moves to mobile games, I'm going to just bash my head against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> because I've got to be desperate about it. In any case, we're pretty much done with, with this episode. So thank you very much for following. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you very much for appreciating if you appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoyed it, as usual, please subscribe to our YouTube channel or to our podcast platforms and uh, put a thumbs up where you can. Uh, if you didn't like it, put a thumbs down. It's fine. Uh, but if you did not like it or if there's something you think you can, we can improve or something you want to suggest, please put it in the comments so we can know what you would like to hear. Even suggest my more topics for, um, for, uh, more podcasts. We're going to have guests sooner or later. So on the development side, so look forward to that. I'm not going to say anything else, uh, but uh, even because I don't know exactly when it's going to happen just yet. But stay tuned, and thank you for listening again. This was uh, Giuseppe Nello from Dual Shockers, and I'm out. Bye-bye.